This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. Shooter ready. Stand by. Welcome to Gun Owners Radio. We are your Second Amendment community. Interviews, product reviews, politics, trivia. Gun Owners Radio has it all and more. Check us out at gunownersradio.com and tune in every week to hear Dave Stahl, Michael Schwartz, and all our guests talk about everything Second Amendment. Here we go. Hi, folks. Welcome to Gun Owners Radio. Can you believe episode 369 right here on FM 961 AM 1170? The answer. Hey, did you know Americans stop or prevent a violent crime one to three million times per year with a gun? That's right. Studies from Florida State, the CDC, and the Crime Prevention Research Center show that guns are used to protect life 25 times more often than they are used to take a life. That's 25 times. And that estimate is on the low end. And if you believe that good people deserve the best tools to defend themselves and their families, then you should be a member of San Diego County Gun Owners. San Diego County Gun Owners makes it easy to connect with the community that's fighting to defend and restore your Second Amendment rights. Become a member today. It's only $10 a month. Go to sdcgo.org slash join. Gun Owners Radio now provides... Oh, that's okay. Did I jump in early? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Gun Owners Radio now provides marketing. We're supposed to be professionals here, Dave. You're doing fine. Gun Owners Radio now provides marketing and advertising services. Not only can we help you get in front of the gun owner community, but we can help your business get seen. Websites, SEO, e-commerce, email marketing, our team can help you connect with your customers. The first seven people that email get a free website checkup. Three more slots left. It's a $300 value. Our experts review your website and give you a comprehensive assessment. Email rich at gunownersradio.com to get the free website audit. I know you know somebody with a website that needs help, so let them know. Have them email rich at gunownersradio.com, and you could be one of the recipients of a free website checkup. So also, Magnum interview with, uh, with, uh, with Gabe. I always get his name. Wrong. You, you interviewed him a couple months ago, Dave. Gabe El Taib, I believe, is his last name. Uh, premieres Tuesday at six on YouTube. It is a fantastic interview. He is such a fascinating guy. Gabe grew up wanting to work in the comic book world. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember that guy? Great, great guy. His dream was to work in the comic book world uh, for a particular uh, creator, and uh, so he was working. I believe it was at DC Comics. Mm-hmm. And uh, finally, and he worked there, and he was living his dream. He was one of the top guys, and he was having a great life. And decided, you know what? This thing's going sideways. They're going way too woke. Um, and uh, the, the things they were doing to some of the classic characters uh, finally pushed him over the edge, especially what they did with uh, the messaging and Superman. He said, I forget it. I'm out of here. And he stood up for what he believed in, even though it uh, you know, ruined his dream. So now he's having to live his dream a whole other way. But... You know that that's just that was like twenty five percent of the story. Um, we were on for like two hours because he was so fascinating. So uh, listen to Gabe, very thoughtful guy, very well thought out. Um, I enjoyed the fact that his opinions were his. In other words, he didn't just read some article and adopt whatever that person said as if it was their opinion. It was really really awesome. So anyway, Dave, you remember that interview, don't you? Yeah, very much so. Good great, dude, right? Great guy. It was. <clears throat> I think it. 
what was it, a segment? And it ended up going. I think we kept him on for three. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, we kept him on the whole time. Big tower of a man. He's a big guy. <laughs> He's a big guy. He, uh, I, I, w- I watched you guys interview him. I was out of town, and I, w- I was actually with my dad. And he and I, my dad and I watched that interview. And the whole time I was like, oh, I was so jealous that you guys got to interview him. So we brought him <laughs> back for this Magnum episode, and it turned out really, really great. So. So what's up, Dave? How you doing, man? Living the dream. Getting Dave, have you driven? A, you drive around a lot, right? You drive around, but but you don't just. Do you just drive on freeways, or are you on surface streets? Have you driven on like surface streets and around the city recently? Well, unless I have a helmet, <laughs> it, it's horrible. Well, your Jeep, I can imagine your back is out. It is horrible. I you know I drive around a lot, right? I'm going all in, but not just on freeways. I drive a lot on freeways up into like Orange the streets County. Streets are terrible. But driving into Orange County, driving into Inland Empire. And then coming back to San Diego, terrible. San Diego is terrible, terrible. And I was thinking about it. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a partisan guy. I think that there are, I think that the Republican Party, there are just as clownish as the Democratic Party. I think they're just two different kinds of clowns. I think the Repu- like the Democrats are the kind of clowns where they all get out of one car in a circus. You know what I mean? <laughs> and the Republicans are the kind. They're like mimes. <laughs> That's the kind of clowns the Republicans are. So I, I look. I don't have, but. Democrats took over the city of San Diego a few years ago. Mm-hmm. There are more homeless. There are more drug addicts. Yep. There are more potholes. Yeah. There, there's more murder. And you know how much money they have sent to that area alone, just potholes? How many? Millions. Yeah, well, And I'll give you a better one than that. If you think that's bad, if you go to Detroit or Chicago. Yeah. I was just there. Yeah. yeah. You can buy wheel insurance. Wheel insurance. <laughs> it's six hundred dollars and you will it'll pay for itself usually within two weeks. Now where's where is this? Detroit? Yeah. Okay. Well the at least potholes are so big. Okay, but at least they have any, they have seasons. Right. You know, they have snow and that's what's really and slush. doing it. the seasons, the six ten, twelve wheel tract or trucks. But, but, but we, we don't have, have that no, here. No, we have no excuse. And when I got to tell you guys, when Republicans were running this town, none of that was like this. Yeah. It was really, really well, difficult. the downside to the – just in your defense, the downside to the Republicans fixing it yeah. is running out with a truck, slapping some tar on the ground, tamp it down, and leave. I'll take it. But then the first car that hits it <laughs> flips it all out, and you got to – I've never – I've been here since 97. Uh, You've been here a little bit longer, right, Dave? 79. Yeah, and I uh, I have never seen it this it's bad. terrible. And it's worse and worse and worse. And I've never seen it this bad. I just looked up to see uh, if there was any recent studies, and just this past July, San Diego was ranked number eight as the worst infrastructure right. uh, out of all of America. With no if, weather. Exactly. And if you look at the other areas, number one, obviously, is San Francisco. Not surprised. San Jose's number two. Right. LA's number three. Is there a coincidence here of like all these California? All California. Exactly. And this is all across the United States, right? And, and what did you just say, Dave? No weather at all to no. deal with it in the first place. So no. I got to tell you, Democrats, hard, hard case to make that anyone should vote for anybody in your party to run any kind of budget, infrastructure, anything like that. I mean, it's just really, really terrible. Anyway, I just had to go on a pothole rant. Alicia, how are you? Good. I, I got a rant on my own. Oh, go for <clears> it. <throat> okay, okay, so back you know, along the same lines as vehicles. You know yeah. how vehicle manufacturers came up with this great idea of putting like daytime running lights on cars? Yes. Am I the only one that's bothered by people that don't get it that those aren't headlights? And they drive with <laughs> their headlights at night, no taillights? Just the, <laughs> they actually, just the dark one on the road? Yeah, but yeah. you know the problem with that? What's that? 
the taillights don't light up. Like, that's exactly my right. point. Right? So you, I mean, people, and they don't get it. No. I haven't noticed that. Oh, oh I'm gonna, I see now it. I'm going to see I, that oh, everywhere. I see it no. all Daytime over the place. running lights and all the time. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's and we have Desi. How are you? Good, Mike. How are you? Fantastic. Welcome to the show, Desi. Thanks for having me. The program manager for Not Me SD. You have any complaints? And you're here to any complaints? I don't pet, have any complaints. But I have a question for you, Dave. How long have you been supporting San Diego County gun owners? Just in general. How long have you been? Seven years. Seven Seven years. years. And you're a big supporter of us. You've been around with us for a while. Yeah. Well, here is a really cool gift that we have been giving to all of our long-term supporters, which is this awesome little bullet pin that even comes in this little gun case that we wanted to give you today. These are rare, and these are only for elite supporters of ours. Wow, that's gorgeous. That's you, an elite supporter. I will put that, I know exactly where that's going to go, and no one else is going to use it. Well, thank you for supporting (laughs) us and all of the help that you do. Well, give me some of your business cards. I will give you some before I leave. Don't you worry. And Desi, you have a big announcement, right, after uh, After the break? Yeah, I've actually got a double big announcement today. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Right here on FM 961 AM 1170. The Answer. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. Hey, if you own a gun in California, you should have an attorney that specializes in California gun laws on your speed dial. Because if you ever have legal matters that involve firearms, you need California firearms lawyer John Dillon. If you have questions about red flag laws, gun registration, gun transportation, or maybe you just need to know that your guns are California compliant, our trusted firearms attorney John Dillon, John Dillon specializes in California gun laws. Put his number on your phone right this second, 760-642-7150. That's John Dillon, California firearms lawyer, 760-642-7150. So to kick off the interview with Desi and her major, major announcements, I I just got a, uh, this is a very uh, timely and topical message I got, Desi, um, from Deanna. Oh, I like Deanna. Deanna Hayes? Um, I don't remember okay. last name. All right. It's all good. <laughs> anyway, she wrote uh, and said, Happy Labor Day weekend. I received my CCW permit in the mail this past week. Thank you again for helping me. I will feel so much safer now shooting photos. At, yeah, it is Deanna Hayes. Shooting yep. photos at night. Deanna is a uh, photographer, single woman photographer. Um, and uh, she, uh, she goes out at night. She does a lot of moons. In fact... Like once a week, you know how in KUSI they show a picture when they do the weather? Mm-hmm. Like once a week, it's her. They're always using her photos. And she's just an ind- independent photographer, but she goes out at night with expensive equipment by herself. She's, you know, single woman. And boom, now she's safe, thanks to not me. So I wanted to read that to you on the air. Thanks, Mike. As evidence of the fantastic work you do as the program director for uh, Not Me SD. So, how are you doing? I'm good, Mike. How are you? I'm fantastic. So, talk about Not Me SD and what, uh, what, what? How, how do you, how, how do you want to lay this out? We got a couple of segments. Yeah, we got a couple of segments. So let's build the suspense. We're gonna and, build the momentum and the suspense yeah. for what we're gonna announce today. Because again, it's gonna be a double whammy, not just one that I had promised. So you know so, what we should do? We should we should make the announcement right at the end of the segment. So let's all well, just, like a little teaser. Yeah, let's sit quietly for ten minutes. 
until the end of the segment, and then we'll make it up. Really build the suspense. So we're gonna build the suspense. We're talking about some history. We'll we'll kind right. of fill That's the time. So That's a better idea. let's talk about the history of Not Me SD. So Not Me SD was founded back in 2019, and was San Diego County Gun Owners' response to help combat sexual assault and domestic violence in San Diego. Exactly. You want to hear this specifically? How that actually happened? Of course, Mike. This was your founding. I I read an article. Um, I was I was reading an article. You know, people send me anti-gun articles all the time, pro-gun articles too. Um, but they're, you know, I get a lot of, uh, look at this article, you know, oh my gosh, you know, and honestly, I can't read them all, but this one in particular really stuck with me and they were talking about the spike in domestic violence, sexual assault. Um, and it talked about California, it talked about San Diego. I really wish I had kept this article because I've searched for it and I can't find it. But it was a, a thinly veiled blame on gun owners. Of course. It was actually even kind of a thinly veiled blame on on generally people on the political right, um, which I thought was ridiculous. But it was definitely a poke at gun owners. And I thought, okay, we got to do something. Like, we got to do something. Because we're not the problem. We're the solution. And so I decided, all right, and came up with this idea of of doing exactly what we do. And uh, that's 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 where it came from. And to kind of piggyback off of that, Mike, so 93% of sexual assaults are women, right? 63% of sexual assaults go unreported for fear of retaliation and or their partner. Mm. One in three women will be a victim of sexual assault involving physical contact at some point in their lifetime. And Mike, in eight out of 10 cases, the woman knew the individual who sexually assaulted her. One in three women. One in three women. In their lifetime. In their lifetime. That's... Isn't those crazy United, statistics? It's crazy. One in three women in the United States. Is that where they, I think it's the United States, right? United it's, States. It's crazy. And if you think about it right now, too, I mean, police response times are on an all-time high because they just can't keep enough staffing. And so if you're in danger, like your life is in danger, priority one call, it's a 50-minute response time right now. Five zero minutes. Five zero minutes. That's a lot of minutes. That's a lot of minutes. A lot can happen in five minutes, let alone 50 minutes. Yeah. So getting back to the history of Not Me, I mean, I love these, you know, statistics and the way we can kind of talk about how it founded. So I want to kind of talk about how I came into the picture. So I'm like, I don't know if you remember when I met you. It was at a barbecue, actually, at Gunfighter Tactical about four years ago. All right. Haiti introduced me to you and Wendy. And you guys started talking about this amazing program. You're like, hey, do you want to start volunteering with us? I was like, yeah, sure, great. So I actually started off as a volunteer. I think it was end of 2019 was when I started volunteering. And then early 2020... You guys saw that uh, there was a need for someone to kind of take, you know, a bigger role within the Not Me SD program, and you knew the skills that I possessed and how amazing I was. So, well, let's talk about that for a second. It it wasn't that we saw a need; (laughs) we were inundated. Right. We had no idea when we did the we did the press conference in uh, April of 2019. 2019. Yeah, that sounds about right. And I remember thinking, okay, we're going to do this press conference. And if we get a dozen responses, that, that'll be a good day. You got 150. Yeah, we got 150. 150. <laughs> and we were in it that first year. Um, you know, my apologies to those first 150 women. They did not get the experience, or whatever. I think it was actually more. Yeah. They did not get the experience that you provided. So we were in dire need of someone to help with the program. It was that popular and right. that we were that inundated. So it was about a year into it. Into it, yep. And I came in about early 2020, and when I came in and took over and helped taking you know, a larger role within the organization, we had 200 applicants that were in the queue. Mm. There was 150 in the backlog, which means these 150 women hadn't been reached out to in over a year. 
And so when I came in, like I really had to streamline the process and kind of restructure everything. So there was a lot more streamlined to the program, right? And yep. so my goal was first to get rid of that backlog. I mean, to me, that backlog kind of was just sitting there and it just kept taunting at me. It was like, look, there's 150 women that need your help. And so my goal was to get rid of that backlog so we could start helping current people. And so within six months, you remember this, Mike, within six months, we got that backlog gone, right? And so then everything that came through was current. So again, this is early 2020 that we had, let's just say 200 applicants. Mm -hmm. So with each hundred, you know, applicant milestone, we kept getting closer and closer and we kept building the momentum for this. Now we don't pay for advertising for Not Me SD, right? A lot of the way we get all of our applicants yeah. is through word of mouth, word of, of mouth, course. Yep. So people hear they had a great experience. I've been going on KUSI a lot yep. and that's earned been- media. Earned, earned media. Earned media is very effective. Very effective. And then of course there are shooting socials. So- a lot of times when we're on our shooting socials, I mean, 75% of the individuals that are there are women. And, and so I, I think another huge percentage is Dave Stahl. Exactly. Dave <laughs> Stahl is a big promoter of us and he definitely was, loves the organization. You know, I was walking by, I got here early and I was walking by, he was doing his show, uh, his, you know, his car show and he had a, a guest on, he's not in the room, uh, but he had a guest on Then I'm walking by and I heard him pitching to her not me. I'm like, oh my gosh, like well, this guy's a machine. Awesome. Dave identifies as an ambassador. He's just, you know, he puts on a wig every now and then. And so he identifies <laughs> as an ambassador yeah, he identifies. when he, when he wants to. So, and the one thing I also love too, is we hear a lot about this at our tabletops, right? So we have a lot of great volunteers that are always talking about this at tabletops. So they'll see women walking out of the gun range and, you know, mention the program. And that's really a great way that we both get applicants and ambassadors like Alicia, because the program's not possible unless I have volunteers, you know, kind of helping in the day to day. And Mike, the um, individual that you were talking about earlier, Deanna. Yep. So Alicia actually helped her I and Deanna. Oh, yeah. yeah. She's a great shot, by the way. So watch out. Yeah. yeah I wouldn't right. mess with her. Right. But Deanna is one of the ones we've sponsored through the program. So we came up with the 501c3, yep. right? Not well, me, CA. She's a photographer. That's probably why she shoots so well. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, we came up with the 501. Well, what was happening was we wanted to make sure that everybody that goes to the program, you know, the program, the program is free. Right. But the guns, you, you know, still guns cost. are expensive. Training is expensive. You're expensive, Alicia. I'm a little pricey. <laughs> <laughs> the well worth every penny, but yep. still. And then, but here's what was going on: we were we were having to go back to the you know the trainers, you know, hey, can you give us something for free? Hey, can you give us a discount? Right. And it's just not fair. So two things weren't fair. Number one, it wasn't fair that the instructors were the only ones sacrificing. You know, they were the only ones that were giving up. Uh, you know, free whatever, free this, free that. Um, actually, they weren't the only ones. And then the other ones were the shops. Yep. The shops were giving up. Like, hey, you know, they sell this inventory to put bread on their table. Yep. I mean, that's, you know. So, uh, and then the third thing that wasn't really all that fair was that people were contributing to San Diego County Gun Owners for a political purpose. And then, you know, we were supporting the program, which is great, but we were supporting that program. We realized, you know what? This is actually a charitable act. This is something that betters the community. So people who want to support this program could, could be getting a tax benefit. Right. And so that, that's the part that really wasn't fair, right? So we wanted to take the pressure off the shops. We wanted to take the pressure off the generosity of the instructors. And we wanted to give donors a, uh, an advantage by you know, giving them a, 
a tax benefit. So we opened up the 501c3, which is a charity. Which is a charity and has been very successful in helping support these individuals that can't afford to buy a gun, buy training, or pay for their CCW because the process isn't cheap, Mike. You know that. You and I both, yeah. and Alicia, have our CCWs. Mm-hmm. And so purchasing firearms, even the ammo and the training aspect, like there's a lot of components that come into getting your CCW to be able to protect yourself. Yeah. And a lot of individuals can't afford that. I mean, look at the economy. It's really rough right now. Like inflation's at an all-time high. And so people just can't afford it. And so we never want money to be a reason why someone can't protect themselves. Well, let's so, run through real so quick. Let me just jump yes. in, just to clarification. You like to wear your wig? No, uh. <laughs> but on certain occasions when you run into a, a young lady that's financially strapped, have there not been occasions where you will purchase a gun for yeah. someone? Yeah, we will. That's, that's, what, where, that's, that's exactly what we're talking right. about. Okay. The charity donations that's go towards okay, that. I just wanted to make sure I clarified <laughs> yeah. it. But let, let's run through this, though, real quick. How much mm-hmm. is a gun? Say seven hundred bucks. Seven hundred bucks. Okay. Give or take. Give or take. Let's yeah, say fees and gross and you know. Yeah. Okay, all, so all eight hundred. So seven hundred bucks. Okay, let's mm-hmm. just say seven hundred bucks. Uh, how much is a CCW? What two fifty right now? I believe it's around. It's about two two fifty. Two two fifty. That you pay to the sheriff's department. So now we're up to nine hundred and fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. Okay. Plus. How much is a class? Eight hour but class would be about two hundred. They start at two hundred and go up from there, depending on where you go. So at least eleven fifty. So we're up to mm-hmm. eleven one thousand one hundred fifty dollars. Correct. Just for a gun. Just for a CCW mm-hmm. uh, and just for uh, a, class. A, a class. Now, how much is a holster? <laughs> Let's just say seventy-five to one? hundred bucks. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, right. So seventy-five, a hundred bucks. We're up to like ammo. What, twelve fifty. Ammo. We're definitely up to twelve, uh, thirteen hundred. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you, you can't just take one class. No, you have to take you, multiple classes. You know. So I would say. So really, if you like starting from scratch, a woman says, "Hey, I want to be able to defend myself." You know. Uh, wh- wh- what do I got to do? Well, you got to spend like two grand. Yep. And that's why it's that's that kind of funding is what we're looking for. Mm-hmm. Now, not every woman that goes through the program uh, do, we, do we spend two grand, but so there's a big announcement, right? Do we do it on the other side of the break? We're going to do it on the other side of the break. You're going to have to. Let's All leave right. them hanging. <clears throat> right here on Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. Radio FM, 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. Hey, if you listen to Gun Owner Radio, you you know how I feel about our current government and financial system. So it's no secret I'm a big believer in diversifying your money with precious metal like gold and silver. But when it comes to buying precious metal, you need the right company in your corner. That's why we partnered with the top-rated precious metal company, Goldco. Because reputation matters. Goldco is a six times Inc. 5000 winner, 2022 Company of the Year, and they've helped people like you and me place over $2 billion in gold and silver. And right now, they're offering gun owner radio supporters up to $10,000 in bonus silver when opening a qualified IRA account. This is your opportunity to protect yourself from our out of control corrupt government. Hmm. Don't pass it up. Grab your phone today and give Gold Co. a call. Take yeah. action today so you don't regret it tomorrow. Call Gold Co. at 855-612-6354. That's 855-612-6354. And tell them you heard about it right here on Gun Owners Radio. Yeah, we talk about all kinds of metal. Gold, silver, copper, lead. Brass. Brass. We're all about metal. We're a metal show. Uh, all right, so Desi, so we set up a bunch of context here. We, we did. You, you, 
You came in and saved the day after we set up I a saved program the day. for women. Yep. We rode in on my white horse. That's right. Saved the we, day. We there's it's expensive as everyone knows. I mean, you start yep. from scratch. It's expensive to uh, to effectively be able to defend yourself. Not only have the tools, but have the knowledge and have the courage uh, to protect permit. yourself. Yep. All that other good stuff. Yep. And uh, uh, so we talked about that. We talked about how we set up the charity to support the program. Mm -hmm. So uh, continue. Continue. All right. So let's talk about the evolution of Not Me SD over the last couple of years. So what I've seen is a change in the amount of women and who actually apply to Not Me SD. So originally when we first started, I saw a lot of women, of course, who were victims of domestic violence and sexual assault that were reaching out to us looking for help. But what we also see and have come to see a lot over the years is women just want to start somewhere and they don't know where to start. And so, as you know, being a new gun owner, the biggest hurdle is trying to figure out where do I go to buy a gun? What kind of questions do I ask? And so a lot of women didn't know where to start. And so when they saw Not Me SD and what we offer would sign up because now they actually have someone kind of holding their hand through the program so they can help them answer those questions and guide them along their firearms journey. Mike, you know that we get one shot to get a new shooter, right? Right. Once they walk into a shop, they had a bad experience, yep. they're going to walk Gone. out. Right. But if they have someone that's there with them to hold their hand through the process, it's going to be a much better experience. And as you know, when you walk into a gun shop, nine times, nine out of ten times behind the counter, it's a man. And the way men, I hate to say it, talk to women, it's a little bit differently about firearms. Because what's good for me might not be good for you or good for Dave. So we need to know how to kind of balance those conversations. And so... As we've seen the evolution of Not Me SD, we've evolved into really just kind of being a great resource, of course, for women who are looking for help getting firearms. That's our concentration, and I love it. And we've also kind of expanded into offering other types of classes. So we have a lot of resources at these different ranges, right? Like Alicia's done a pepper spraying situational awareness class for Mm us. We've done a Stop the Bleed. And so we really want to be able to empower women with more tools to protect themselves, firearms being our focus, of course, But if we can utilize our resources at these different ranges and offer them at a discount, right? Like I'm never asking anybody to 100% donate their time, but if they can offer to us at a discounted rate so it's more affordable for people, that's what people like to see in the Not Me SD program. Nice. What's the most common, is there like a, what's the most common um, question or concern? You know what I mean? Like when when you talk to women, when when they come to us or when they reach out or whatever, what's, what's the most common like, you know, hey, this is what I need. What kind of gun do I buy? Yeah, that's that's what what I was thinking. I was going to say that's that's the most common question is what gun do I buy? And that's why our shooting socials are such a great introduction because you don't have to have a gun ahead of time, right? Like we do everything for you. And so it's a great way for them to come in and shoot different types of firearms just to figure out what they want. I think that's a that's you know what that is. That's kind of the difference between someone who is is goes into it as a hobby or an interest uh-huh. yeah they grew up on comic books and 80s movies or whatever and right because I, I knew i knew the gun i was gonna buy first like there was no question it what was, was just it? glock 19 <laughs> i had i knew i was gonna go glock 19 there was no question um and then uh that was 1997 um and i you know spent a couple of years i just turned 21 spent a couple of years Knew this guy who had one, you know, read the Punisher, whatever, you know, I knew it was going to be a Glock 19. But people, men or women, who think to themselves, you know, they, they come at it more as a utility. Like, mm-hmm. hey, I need to defend mm-hmm. myself. Their first question is usually, well, what, what, do, what kind of gun what, do I yeah, buy? Yeah, what do I buy? Like, yeah. I need to defend myself. Which, which gun is that? And everybody's response is going to be different. What I say could be completely different than what you say, than what Dave's going to say, and what Alicia's going to say. You're, so you're going to mm-hmm. get four different answers. And so you always want to shoot your gun before you buy it. So that way you can make sure you can handle the recoil. If it's comfortable in your hand, 
and you can shoot it accurately. But I think that difference also speaks to part of the success of, of Not Me. Correct. In that, for years, I watched men say, oh, look, just show them it's fun and make it pink. And then women make will, mine teal. Or, yeah, you know, I'm, you know, I don't know any. Shrink it and pink it. I, yeah, pink yeah. it and pink it. <laughs> I don't know any women who are out there going, "Gosh, I don't really have a lot on my plate. Sure, could use more hobbies." Like that's not, you know I what mean, I mean? Gun hobbies are fun hobbies. You know what? A lot of women come to me with when they didn't know what to buy and they let someone. They say their husband them. let them buy it. A revolver. Yeah, they get. They a come up with a revolver. They do. They come up with a revolver. So the the concept and the idea of a semi-automatic is a little bit overwhelming when yep. you don't understand it. And so they think, you know, less moving parts. They can't no, a revolver, revolver. Right. Sometimes they can't. can't you know, a revolver can be a great fit for some people, but it's not for everybody. And they just come in not knowing anything, and that's what they come in with. And so, so, so a woman calls up and says, "What, what do I mm-hmm. buy? What? How do you? What do you do?" We, I mean, there's so many different questions that you can ask. And that's one thing about having a great ambassador is they're very knowledgeable and knowing what kind of questions to ask. It's like, do you want it for home defense? Do you want it for self defense? You know, I always ask kind of like. Like their size, like are they tall like me? Because what I like might be a little bit different than someone that's a little bit shorter than me because my hands are a little bit bigger, right? So there's so many questions that go into helping them figure out what kind of gun they want for the reasons, et cetera, but then getting them to arrange so they can shoot it is kind of like number one priority. And we talk about number one priority, so kind of like how we were talking about the buildup, right, in the last couple of years. So every 100 was a new milestone for us, right? So we started with 200, then we went to three, we got to five, we got to seven, we got to eight, and then at about Six months ago, we got to 900. Oh. I know. So I was like, well, we've got gun prom coming up. So is there any way that I can get to 1,000 by gun prom? Because that would be such a cool announcement. We'd be able to say we have 1,000 at gun prom. Well, now gun prom is just a week from, say, it's almost it's like two weeks away. I know. So how are we doing? Do we need a drum roll? Can we, can have, can we get a drum roll? We can is get there a drum, a drum roll? roll? If he's listening. He's not listening. Brandon. It's okay. So... <laughs> He's taking a nap. A month napping. ago, yeah. we had our first of two milestones. So okay, we hit 1,000 applicants for Not Me SD. 1,000 applicants One for Not zero Me SD. Zero, zero applicants. Applicants mean those are women who... Who have applied to the program saying, yeah. I want help buying a gun, I want help finding an instructor, and I want help getting my CCW. That was a huge milestone for us. Yes. Huge milestone. Congratulations. That's awesome. Now, as we kind of look, I mean, it's been about 30 days since we hit that milestone. Yep. Since then, I've been on KSI promoting it, of course, mm-hmm. and we've been talking about it a lot and kind of, you know, talking about this huge milestone. And so we've been getting a lot more inquiries. And as I started to see these, you know, of course, we usually have a good ratio between open to closed cases. And mm-hmm. as I was kind of going through them over the weekend, I started looking at the number of closed inquiries going up and it started getting closer and closer to being at that thousand closed cases. So I'm on the edge of my seat. You should be on the edge of your seat at this point because this is going to be What's going to happen? What's happened is we've now had a thousand a <laughs> applicants go through the program. That nice. means we have helped 1,000 women purchase a gun, find an instructor, or apply and get their CCW. So da, that is da, 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 a thousand da. more women in San Diego that are now safer because of not me. A thousand me. women since when did we awesome. start it? 2000, 2019. 2019. So what are you doing now? Where's 1500? That's our next milestone. <laughs> We're done with a thousand. Let's but even but honestly, mean, so it really, it was 2019, but again, that first year. That we first were, year was we rough. Just, it was rough. I was, it was rough. I was there the first year. She we was there the first year. Maintain. So really it was, it's since 2020. It's really three years, thousand women. Thousand women. So congratulations. Thousand women we have armed and empowered with the tools to protect themselves. Nice. But our work is here has just begun, Mike. You know yes, that. There's 3.5 million people in San Diego. And 
let's say half of those identify as women. So there's still a lot of women out there who need our help. Not all of those women out there are gun owners like Alicia and myself. And so we want to empower as many women as we can with the tools to protect themselves because if I can help just one more person, that's one more person that's safer because of not me SD and the work that we do. Amen. So let me ask a question. What if I contact, because I think I just did today when I contacted a lady that was on the show, Mm -hmm. on my motorsport show, and she already shoots. Mm Mm-hmm. And I told her, the only thing the ace in the hole was, I said, would you like to get a CCW? And she says, well, it's way too too difficult. I said, Not well, too that, difficult. I said, well, that's where you're wrong. Not difficult enough. Right. I said, what, <laughs> you, need, I said, what you need to do is hook up with this group, yada, 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 yada. Yeah, yada. yeah, yeah. So I think the key to this is getting the word out. Correct. And that's the hard part. It is the hard part. I mean, I can only go on KUSI so much and let well, Tommy and let about, me talk about. What about what 8, 10, 39, and Fox? We have, haven't, you, have you reached out to we them? We haven't reached out to them. So that's what I would do. I would reach out. And now that KUSI is underneath the Fox umbrella. Well, it's actually uh, North uh, Nexstar. And Nexstar comes out, CW6 is coming into the building. Right. It's going to be a while because they're going to gut the place and redo it. So, ah. But I would go to just go to their websites. There's always a planner right. on there, you know, if you have an idea. If you have an idea or something you want to promote. And I would, because that's what I would do. I think once you get to those other stations, and yeah, you might say they're more liberal, but you'd be surprised how many liberal ladies would like to have like a gun. Like a firearm, right. And you don't have to go through the full program with Not Me SD. <laughs> no, 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 like no. Dave, so to your point, because your friend already has a gun, if she just wants to learn how to apply for a CCW, right. I do virtual CCW courses every two months where we actually walk women through the process on how to apply for your CCW. So I'm breaking that perception of, it's too difficult, I can't get my CCW. So even if they already own a firearm, they're right. just looking for additional resources. We have those resources at our fingertips right. and we are here to recommend that so that way they have them. So you'll get a kick out of this. They just got married seven years ago and he made this big deal. She had to go through all these boxes to get to the to the wedding ring. Mm. But she did kind of the same thing. But for her gift was gun training ah. for her husband. That's awesome. Which I thought it was too. So I'm just saying... Just got to work on getting on the websites. and, and That's the other up. thing, Dave, is, is you know, I, I don't know. Maybe she's ton, done a ton of training. But just because she's owned a gun. Oh, no, no, no. She need, she even said she needs more training. Yeah, so yeah. so even if you've owned a gun yeah. for five, ten years or whatever, I'll bet you haven't taken enough training. And, oh, and guaranteed. If you, so if you need train, more train, training, train some more. you need more CCW, or you need a CCW, you need some more training, go through Not Me. So it's, it's not just for people who no, don't have a gun. And I would, but she never gives me any cards like you do. <laughs> Oh, I I'll was like, I give you plenty of cards. <laughs> I know. I've already burned through them. Well, congratulations, Dave. Yeah, That's absolutely. Awesome. Great news. Are you going to be at Gun Prime to talk more about this? I'm, I might be. <laughs> Let me check my schedule. Well, you better be. <laughs> you need to wear. You hesitated. A, I just got nervous. <laughs> you need better. to wear a placard, you know, one of those things. On that the says a thousand? Hey. A banner. Let a me, banner. Let me tell you how to get a CCW for free. I, I'd rather just wear a pretty dress. That would dress. be hilarious. I'd rather That's just not wear a bad idea. Dress. No. It is a prom. No, I'm not wearing a sash that says a thousand <laughs> no, gun prom. No, not a sash. A, a par- cardboard no, back and no, front. No, it's going to take away from the prettiness of my dress. Hey, what's what's more important? My dress. <laughs> Dave. Her and, um, it's like Dave just met a woman for the first time right now. Aw, <laughs> you're so cute, Dave. <laughs> well, what we'll do, okay, then we need to find some girl that can wear a placard on the front and the back. Ask me how to get a free CC. And don't I'll make an ambassador do it. And wear some sensible shoes that night, will you? <laughs> right. Right here on Gun Owners Radio FM 961 AM 1170. The answer.
Welcome to Gun Owners Radio FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. Hey, have you ever wanted to get a pilot's license? Well, here in San Diego, pilots can fly almost every day, which makes San Diego one of the best places to learn how to fly in the world. Learn to fly with San Diego Flight Training International. Check out the deals just for gun owner radio listeners. One hour of ground school, one hour of flight with an instructor. Yes, you get to fly. Normally $400, but for listeners, $350. Get started is easy. Then call 858-569-1822. Learn to fly SDFTI. That's 858-569-1822. All right, Dave, I have something for you. There you go. Oh, good. One business card. Woo. <laughs> Two. Excuse me. I was totally mistaken. I'll call you when I need more. All right. All right. Oh, nice card, though. Yeah, it is a nice card. Did you do that? Yeah, Something. It's a, it's a Vista. It's like... Uh, American Psycho. Remember on American Psycho, the movie where they were comparing business cards? Oh, yeah. It's got the laminate. Look at my <laughs> corners. All right. Our next segment, we have a curtain call. The latest news stories. The latest news stories. Insightful perspectives. Insightful perspectives. It's time for a curtain call. <laughs> I love that. fancy. I have this image of Brendan when he was recording it. He had like a little... Like a little bullhorn, you know? <laughs> He'd say, the latest news, and then put the bullhorn in front. The latest news. <laughs> anyway. <Super laughs> awesome cute. job, Brendan. I really like that. Okay, so go for it. What is your curtain call? So we have a story out of Chicago, and uh, it's a story about a woman who was in her vehicle. And, uh, and get this. She has a CCW. Now, Chicago, I didn't think that Chicago was issuing. I didn't think so either. I don't. I, I don't know. Chicago's this, issuing. I think, I, I'm questioning that. I didn't I, believe that they were. I think they've been, Chicago's been forced to do a lot of things lately. Okay. Um. I mean, they were pretty much a no a gun free zone. They were a gun free right. zone for years. They right. were forced to let gun shops come in. They were forced to let people buy guns. And now, since Bruin, they've been forced to issue. Gotcha. So, the other thing is, um, she, she may have lived in a suburb of of Chicago and then gone into Chicago gotcha. because Could be. the surrounding suburb, just like all over the place, you know, the, the surrounding it's by the county. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but, but the county's kind of surrounding the downtown or mm-hmm. a little bit more gun friendly than the, you know what I mean? Right. And then they get rural and everyone, anyway, but go ahead. Yeah. Well, so that, cause that was the first thing that stuck out to me. So here's the thing. So the, the plot is, is that she was in her vehicle parked along the curb in Chicago now, you know that saying of, uh, you know, I don't know, I'm not sure who who uh, coined it first, if it was John Korea or if it was. Uh, right. You know, there's a lot of people the, that put it, don't go stupid, stupid places, places at yeah. stupid times, stupid people doing stupid things. Right. So she here she was in Chicago, which is we already know is uh, the safest city in all of America. So right? safe. Right. So, so safe. she was in a not great area. But, you know, we don't know the circumstances. Uh, and it was 2 a.m. So that's another tick mark in the unfortunate box. She's where's she going at two a.m. in Chicago? She's but getting anyway. back from the club. She's getting her subway. <laughs> Article did not state. <laughs> I'm assuming she's getting, getting back from the club. <laughs> okay, be. I mean that's fine. So, I guess right. You but. know, stuff happens. You, you, we don't know. Maybe she just is working. You know, who knows? Who knows? We don't know. We don't know the circumstances behind where why she was where she was. But you she know, was. And the reality Chicago. is, we should be able to go anywhere Correct. we want, anytime Absolutely. we want, whether a man, woman, Absolutely. whatever. But anyway, go ahead. Absolutely. So two a.m. Chicago on the curb, sitting in her car. So, what is the number one thing that we say, Desi, about uh, you know keeping women safe? What do we not want to do? Sit in your car at two a.m. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so she's not paying attention to the world around her. She was she's sitting not in her being situationally aware. Exactly. So she was sitting in her vehicle at two a.m. and uh, they're in Chicago. And lo and behold, four 
I don't even want to say gentlemen, four men get out of a nearby vehicle, see her sitting there. Where they see, what do they see? It was a woman sitting in her car. Makes mm. a Easy great target. target. Absolutely. So they approach her and one puts a gun right in her face. They are there to carjack her. They want her vehicle. Jeez. So, so gun at her face, she sees it and she had the wherewithal to, to observe and notice that I'm thankful for that. She did draw her weapon. She was a concealed carry permit holder there in Chicago. She did have her firearm on her, which is big. Because that's the thing too. A lot of people have their, you know, a lot of, a lot more people are getting their permit, but how many of them are actually carrying every day and carrying everywhere that they go? So that's that, that's a, a big point too. So she pulled it, she drew, and she fired. Now think about this. You're, if you know anything about physics, you know anything about bullets going through windows, you know the trajectory is going to change. So it doesn't tell us how many rounds she got off, but it does tell us that she hit that gentleman in the head. Well, it doesn't tell you what kind of car it is because it doesn't. the windows are laminated with soundproofing. So, yeah, didn't didn't state yeah. or clarify. So she took him out. She did. She hit him in the in the head. So uh, you know, when someone's in your face with a gun, what are you going to see? You, you well, might the other see three some. Do. So the other three. So here's the thing. So she made that shot. She got it off. He dropped. She got out of that vehicle and booked it and ran. One of the other three also had a firearm and drew and fought or, and shot and and hit her in the arm as she was mm-hmm. running away. So the 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 one man that she hit, of course, he went down. He didn't make it. The other three ran didn't stick around to help their buddy you know great friends right so they were gone they were never caught and so one of them did she was hit but she obviously you know recovered lived, yeah. and yep she lived so here's the thing think about this in in the situation of being carjacked mm-hmm. right you know and we you if you talk to people about from a defensive standpoint from you know self-defense you know you talk to 10 different people you're going to probably get five people that tell you to fight for your life uh, you're going to get five other people that tell you, you know, give up whatever they want so that you can walk away and hope that hope that you by you complying that they let you go and they don't they don't take it any further. So she had some options. She could have just simply given the keys over and walk in and had a chance of walking away. Mm-hmm. They, they might or might not have let her walk away. That's the thing. She had a gun pointed in her face. Now, could it was it loaded? Who knows? Who knows? Right. You get you, you know, Dave, you have a firearm pointed at you with somebody with some bad intent. What are you going to do? I'm carrying. Ask. <laughs> Does that have bullets in it? See, all of this, all of this, really makes any no difference until it actually happens to you, right? Because we can sit here and say, "Oh well, I would do this, or I would do that. Why would she run? I would do mm-hmm. that." Yeah, no. right. None of it makes a hill of beans until it actually happens. Absolutely, and your natural training and reaction kick in. If you're not trained, there's a good chance you're not going to make it. Absolutely. If you're trained, you have a far better chance. You have a fighting chance. Of not only surviving, but putting a little guy on the side of your door. That you can, you know, like a... Is that the new tattoo? Like a little tally? Like a fighter fighter plane. You know how they put the swastikas, you know? Oh, yeah. Take down a German plane. I could just put some on there anyways and just be like, don't mess with me. That's even better. Right? Yeah, I like that. But But I mean, yeah. But it is interesting because then you think to yourself, well, what would I do? Like, what would you do? So there's a thing too. So she's sitting in her vehicle. My some, here's some questions that I had that went through my head is one is, did she have her keys? Were they possibly in the ignition? Mm-hmm. You know, a getaway opportunity could be just simply flooring it and going. Maybe her keys were already packed in her purse. They weren't accessible. It was, maybe she didn't think about it. Well, there's there's a lot of things car. to maybe consider. Maybe didn't have a key. Maybe it was a fob and it was in her purse or in the center. That could, that could yeah, be Yeah, there's too. a million there, there's options. There's so many but variables. you're right. Do you hit the gas and go? Right. Would they get in a car and come after you? Or they shoot you. As you're driving right. away. As you're driving right. away. Which is even worse. Right. There's no good. If there is, th- this is really a no win. Especially no, for people, no. if it's if it was a single carjacker and you feel like you, that, that, that you're not drawing from the drop, right? And you feel like you have a, an, an, an 
you have a chance, right? These were these were four guys. She saw one gun, as, as the article claims. Well, it doesn't it doesn't mention that she saw any of the other three. What's that? I said she took care of that. Situation. Yeah, right. You take yeah you take care of the threat that you see, right? Whatever comes up. But I don't. I was surprised when you said she got out and started running. I was surprised when I read that I as well. Was, I was surprised. I, I, I think yeah. I told you the story. A buddy of mine went to Seven Eleven, got a mm-hmm. soda, gets in his jeep. Guy comes up with a knife and sticks it in the window. Mm. So he pulls out his pistol, his nine millimeter. The mm-hmm. guy goes, "Oh, it ran." <laughs> So, I mean, and he's such a calm, cool, and collected dude anyway. I mean, he would never have shot him. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, so you just never, you just, but, yeah, I was real surprised you ran. Yeah, that's the last thing I'd do. I agree. I, I was thinking that same thing. And, and like, and to your point, you never know how you're going to react until you're, until you're in that situation. situation. So that's when it. did this happen? It was earlier this year, wow. I believe. Yeah. So you can imagine if Schwartz did it, how she well, just sit there and start crying. I, would, I, I wouldn't be ashamed. Not one. I wouldn't be Probably ashamed. Like a baby. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, I would, that's, that's a devastating thing. I mean, this woman yeah. lived. She lived. Even she got to live through it for the rest of her life. Ex- the rest of her life, mm-hmm. she has to live through the fact that she had to shoot somebody. And took him out. And I, uh, I apologize really quickly. It was late last year, not this year. Late so does, last year. Say, she's doing mm-hmm. okay then? She's all yep, right? She is okay. Hmm. Yep. She's in mental therapy though, working on the trauma <laughs> that she's experienced. I wouldn't doubt so it. I bet she's I still How him. old is she? I would be too. Does not give an age. Oh, I'm sorry. I apologize. 23 years old. Wow, she was a youngster. She was young. And here we go. I don't know Chicago by any means. However, we do have a neighborhood. So maybe a few Chicagoans. So this happened in the 1300 block of East 89th Street in the Kalamut Heights neighborhood. That That doesn't sound good. That doesn't sound like a great neighborhood. neighborhood. So 23 years old. So she went to the effort. She got a permit at 23. Now, we don't know. I don't know. How long has she she had, had a permit? It doesn't give us that information. Yeah, but you know what I'm right. saying. Right, right. There's so many There's variables. so many variables. So, but the fact that 23, honestly, is a little bit young. And, and as far as the average CCW yeah. holder age, most people don't have the wherewithal to kind of think, hey, maybe I should do this. I need to do it until they're a little bit older. Most people would be so scared they forgot they even had a gun. Right. That's true. That's true. Absolutely. And I mean, if it's, if it's a new CCW mm-hmm. holder, they may completely So freeze. I commend her. I commend her. Huge cojones, right? Yeah. <laughs> Huge. She she did what she needed to do, and and she did. She made the choice All to right, run. Well, here's the kicker. And she survived. That's the but most did critical she thing. Get prosecuted. In California, she would have for sure. No doubt. There's but she could in Chicago, the, but she could in Chicago too. Yep. I, I mean, mean Chicago is very well, anti-gun look at, too. Look at the mm-hmm. look at the ones that caned that one guy that broke into their their you know their liquor store, and these guys just beat him with a stick, and and now. I mean, now they're going after him. Of course. And yet he let him go. He says, don't ever come in my store again and let the guy go. So, But yet they're going after him for beating him with a stick. Everybody's so happy. Yeah. This is America. Anybody can sue anybody. It's true. Yeah, it looks like it's not a good neighborhood. I'm reading about Are it. Are you looking at it? Yeah. Yeah. And then further so, down in this little thing, in this uh, list of factoids, it is described as a stronghold for the Democratic Party. Imagine well, why that. Why was anybody in that neighborhood? What were we talking the about? Earlier? 23 you years about old. This, didn't you, Mike? At, at like the, the, the bottom line is that I'm just thankful she had her firearm on her person. Oh, yeah. That is so huge. So many people go to the effort to get it, and then it's not and all it that comfortable loaded. to carry. And it was and, yeah, and she was loaded, and she was ready. And she, she did what she needed to do. She could have had the clip in their purse and along with the a, a what? I mean, the, the clip. The holster? Clip. Yeah, she had an M1 Grand. <laughs> I call it a clip. It's what a clip with an M1 what do you grill. Call it? I I call it a clip too. That's what I call it. What do you call it? Magazine. Not a magazine. magazine. It's something you read. I'm talking about a clip. <laughs>
We'll talk about it. Awesome. Well, Desi, congratulations. We got to go. Shooter ready. Stand by. Welcome to Gun Owners Radio. We are your Second Amendment community. Interviews, product reviews, politics, trivia. Gun Owners Radio has it all and more. Check us out at gunownersradio.com and tune in every week to hear Dave Stahl, Michael Schwartz, and all our guests talk about everything Second Amendment. Here we go. All right, folks, Gun Owner Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. Hey, the fight for the Second Amendment is also happening in Orange County and Inland Empire. Orange County Gun Owners and Inland Empire Gun Owners leads the fight on the city and county level to defend and protect your second defense rights. How do they do it? They do it by fundraising and getting local pro-gun candidates elected. Come remember today. Go to iegunowners.com slash join. Or, if you're in Orange County, that's ocgunowners.com slash join. And join the growing number of responsible gun owners stepping up to defend our Second Amendment rights. That's iegunowners.com or ocgunowners.com. Winners, prizes, and events. Subscribe and win. Subscribe to our email list and win some swag. This week's winner is... Larry Olds. Congratulations, Larry. All you got to do is email prizes at gunnersradio.com to claim your T-shirt or your hat. Um, if you would like to subscribe um, for the possibility of winning something cool, then go to gunownersradio.com and subscribe to our email list, and you could win something cool as well. Gun Prom. This is the last week to get your Gun Prom tickets. In fact, the uh, sales end uh, at midnight on the 8th, which is Friday night, right? Friday night's the 8th? Yeah. So go to um, gunprom.com. Gun Prom, if you don't know what Gun Prom is, the Second Amendment Celebration Dinner. San Diego County Gun Owners has their big gala once a year where we celebrate the Second Amendment. You could win a gun. You could meet a bunch of movers and shakers, elected officials, all kinds of important people. And you're going to have a really, really good time. Um, tickets are $150, and those $150 individual tickets come with a $50 opportunity uh, ticket prize package. So you could win a gun. So go to gunprom.com, sign up to get tickets. Again, it's uh, end, end, of sa- end of ticket sales are uh, the 8th this Friday. It's uh, the 16th uh, is when gun prom is. It's in uh, Mission Valley at the Town of Country. So join us. Um, let's see. All right. So. By the way, John Farnham, that's who first said that. The instructor, John Farnham, the uh, don't go, don't go, Alicia, don't go stupid places at at stupid stupid times and and do stupid things with stupid people. But didn't he also throw in like and be in bed by 10 (laughs) o'clock? I don't know. No, that's what we do. That might have been John Korea that threw that part in. But uh, anyway, I I just reached out to John and said, hey, who's the first one to say that? And uh, it's John Farnham. Anyway, um, so we just talked to Desi last segment, last hour, on the huge accomplishment with Not Me. We're over 1,000 women who've applied, over 1,000 women who've completed the program. Congratulations. And Alicia, of course, did her curtain call on an extremely important uh, um, uh, example of, of uh, and, and I think it was really appropriate that it came from Chicago because, like I said, Chicago has been one of the worst. Chicago, the city, has probably been – at least as bad, but probably worse than California when it comes to guns. So to see stories, especially a story of a young woman who was able to defend herself against multiple attackers, 
uh, armed attackers, and she is alive thanks to the fact that she not only had a firearm, but also had a um, uh, had a permit. I thought that was a great a great uh, a great segment. I was going to say that uh, Chicago at least is waking up because they uh, voted out their uh, mayor uh, Lightfoot. She's out now, and so now there's going to be a new candidate for mayor. So hopefully, some changes can come about, and that's positive for Chicago. I saw that. Are, is the I don't know if they're going to. Well, I don't know. We'll see. I'm crossing my fingers. <laughs> I can only cross my fingers in hopes. Is so. there so? So are they in the middle of an election right now? Yeah, this year they're going to be uh, selecting a new mayor. She she was trying to run for re-election and she didn't even make it. Yeah, I know. So. She's horrible. Yeah. Is there was there a candidate that you like that you're following? Nope, not a single one. I like. <laughs> what a surprise. <laughs> But, Chicago. You know, but you know what? Um, change is necessary for Chicago right now, no matter what it is. So hopefully, uh, again, we'll see Chicago in the upright, but I, I have big, big doubts still. So. Ch- Chicago is the uh, the origin of the of the term vote early and vote often. That's how corrupt <laughs> Chicago is. And, I, you know, I'm again, I'm pretty nonpartisan. I've been really slamming the Democrats in the way they run things uh, today. And Chicago is such a great example of of uh, of a of a democrat run city and they're just doing a horrible job they're just doing a horrible job so our but our guest this hour jim miller how are you doing good mike how are you doing fantastic jim miller who is a uh, founding board member of san diego county gun owners yep one of the one of the ogs <laughs> one of the ogs how long have you been a re- you've been a republican for well so like your whole life I was introduced into the official party um, when I was 18 years old. Ernie Dronenberg, who then was on the uh, state uh, California Franchise Tax Board. Yep. I went to school with his daughter, mm-hmm. and then through junior state and other things I did in high school, Ernie gave me that introduction into the formal party back in 1988. Yep. So uh, been around since then. And been a gun advocate, passionate about the Second Amendment, passionate about... Uh, guns pretty much your whole life as well, right? Oh, oh yeah, way before then. So I, yeah. I was fortunate enough to grow up in a family you know, with firearms, a, a hunting family, and started shooting when I was six. So there's a couple things we want to talk about um, when we uh, when we get into the segments after the break here. A couple things we want to talk about because there's a, there's really a lot to talk to you about. Um, the uh, One of the things we want to talk about is those who have heard the Miller case – it's no coincidence. That's Jim Miller right here. He's the named plaintiff on the Miller case. That's the assault weapons case. And I think we're going to see some movement on that. We're not going to talk about it right now, but that's one of the things we're going to talk about. I want to talk about the Miller case. How did you? How, why are you the plaintiff? How did you, or one of the plaintiffs, how did you come to be on that case? Um, you know, your gun advocacy, that sort of thing. But then the other thing we want to talk about is the amazing success. You know, the whole point of San Diego County gun owners, what, what makes us a little bit different from everybody else is we're trying to get Second Amendment advocates onto local boards and councils, you know, and and the other organizations just don't have the bandwidth to dig down deep into the grassroots and get people onto school boards and city councils that sort of thing. And here you are, founding board member, ran for school board, Cajon Valley, won, and are not, I mean, not just doing a good job, doing a great job. Um, made Thank some you. huge accomplishments in Cajon Valley, and we want to talk about that. Um, and and I think we're going we're to talk about you know I mean you made some 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 great things happen since you got on the board, you know because you're a good guy and you're a smart guy and you're you're uh, you're uh, you have a lot of experience. But I also want to talk about you know some of these decisions that were made from a gun advocate's perspective. Oh yeah, does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. So and and then I think you know people kind of wonder well 
you know, and they'll ask, and I think a lot of it's sincerity. They'll, well, why do we need a gun advocate on a school board? You know, and then, you know, why do we need a gun advocate for who's the mayor of my town? And I think that your story is a perfect example of the advantage of having, you know, obviously they still need to be qualified, smart, and, you know, make good decisions, which you are. Um, you're an well, attorney by trade. You want them to be qualified. You hope that they're qualified. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, some some candidates and some some actual members of various boards, as we all know, uh, their their qualifications may be a little questionable, but they still end up getting elected. Well, I, they do, and that's one of the things. You know, a lot of people ask, "Well, gee, why didn't you endorse so and so rather than the person you endorsed?" Every race, somebody, you know, something like that. And I tell them, look, you know, they'll say, you know, so-and-so is a huge Second Amendment advocate. Why didn't you endorse this person? I, they are a huge Second Amendment advocate. They are sincerely all about the Second Amendment. But if we get somebody on, you know, if we endorse somebody who isn't going to do what they need to do to win, like you did what you, what needed to do, what you, what you needed to do to win, and once they're on the board, if they're not going to do a good job, you could actually end up doing more damage than good. So that's why, you know, we, we don't just quality. It's not that, hey, you like guns? Great, you're going to get our endorsement. No, you have to be a quality candidate as well. No, we, we do a, an outstanding job, I think, of our vetting when we go to endorse candidates. Uh, what's their viability? Are they going to win? When they win, are they going to be successful in their, in their role? Because as you said, if you win and you're a Second Amendment candidate or you're a Second Amendment candidate, right, and advocate, but then you do a poor job in the overall job, that doesn't help us. Exactly right. All right. Hey, folks, we'll be right back. Don't touch that dial. Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The Answer. All right, folks. Hey, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The Answer. Hey, is there a better tool that empowers a woman to defend against an attacker? No. That's bigger and stronger? Nope. That's why it's so important for women to learn how to defend themselves with the most effective self-defense tool ever invented for women led by women. The Not Me program is designed to help with training, purchasing a gun, and getting a concealed carry permit. And guess what? It's totally free. Sign up. Go to notmesd.org. All right. We're back with Jim Miller. Mike. Um, so, uh, like I said, I want to talk about, uh, your second amendment advocacy. Um, so before we get into the, uh, the Miller case, um, so what, 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 uh, why did you join San Diego County Gun Owners as a founding board member? Um, other than you calling me and saying, Hey Jim, we're going to, I have this really great idea and I think we should put this together and then me buying fully into it because it was a, in fact, a great idea. Um, the concept between standing county gun owners and being local, and you know, I've been I'm a lifetime NRA member, yep. and I, and I think a lot of uh, a lot of our board members and other supporters were involved with the NRA, but realizing in politics how the NRA does not help us locally, right? They're they're very good at coming in and asking us for money, and then it's typically a national issue or a a campaign that's outside of. San Diego County, and quite often, quite often outside of California. Mm -hmm. um, the concept of staying local, the concept of, you know, Jim, the water board guy is going to run for city council at some point, and when he goes from city council, he's going to go to state assembly, and then when he goes from state assembly, he might bounce back to county supervisor or go up to state senate, and they all start so local. If you have an educated 
forget about for a moment advocacy. But if you haven't educated them on the Second Amendment, if you haven't educated them on firearm safety, they're going to get their education from someplace. Yep. And typically that is an anti-Second Amendment, anti-gun safety organization, whether it's Every Town or Moms Demand Action or whatever. It's going to come from the other side. And then by the time they can get to a point where they can cause a problem, which is typically city council or then certainly at the yeah. state level, yeah. they're so influenced you can't even have that conversation with them logically and factually. They've bought into the dogma on the other side. And before Sandy, you kind of gun owners, they did a good job. They weren't, it wasn't like, hey, we're the Brady organization, the anti-gun folks. It oh, was, yeah. hey, I'm your local gun safety advocate. And so what I want to do is make sure you fully understand the concept behind how we're going to keep kids safe by taking away everybody's guns and rights. You know what I mean? It was, oh, it that, was well, how do I argue with that? And there was nothing to, to, to offset it. And I think, you know, you've seen, you know, once you're in, once you're in an elected position, especially I'd say at least school board, you know, but water board, school board, fire board, once you're in an elected position, it is enormously easier to run for higher office than someone who just, you know, maybe they're running a business or whatever, anything else they're doing for some reason, donors, uh, you know, people that endorse party, uh, organizations are much more comfortable with somebody who's won an election. It comes down right? to the viability issue. Are you viable? Have you had people put your name down on a ballot before? And if you are, you have a better opportunity to gain the appropriate support to move forward to, to win other elections. And that's the, that's the concept right there. Yeah. That's really the full, that's the, the foundation for San Diego County Governors. So, uh, so when we came to you and said, hey, we're going to put together a board, we're going to do this thing, uh, did you think it was going to succeed? <laughs> I thought we had a, had a fair to midland chance in San Diego based upon the overall support, the number of gun owners, the number of people who are interested in, in the concept and, and the passion of, of uh, you know, of our leader, which is you, um, to make sure that we were unapologetically pro-Second Amendment yeah. and whatever the other issues were, there were no other issues we were a Second Amendment organization, yep. and and that focus, whether that you know ruffled some feathers in one side or the other, is irrelevant because it made us successful. And nobody can argue the success with the thousands of members that we currently have, the support that we've gained in the industry, and that the fact that when we put a candidate now forward and they say you're endorsed by the San County Gun Owners Political Action Committee, that is a legitimate endorsement that. Frankly, other organizations need to pay attention to. They're like, well, if the gun owners is on board, this person's viable. If this person's viable, we need to maybe reevaluate or have them come on because we want to be we want to be part of success. Everybody wants to be part of a team that's winning, and right now we're winning. Yeah, it, you know, if you uh, what we wanted to make sure of is if someone was running and they weren't endorsed by us, they knew they were going to have to work harder. You know, when that work could be, they were going to have to get more volunteers or have to raise more money. You know, if you go, well, shoot, if I don't get this, this organization's endorsement, I'm going to have to raise, raise an extra, you know, $200,000. That's a huge consideration. You know, $200,000 doesn't just fall off trees or whatever. No, you know, no so. not absolutely. And, and on the local boards, I mean, 
five thousand dollars can tilt the difference. Oh yeah, on the local right? board. Yeah, yeah. Two hundred thousand would be like a supervisor. You right, know? supervisor, state senate, something yeah. like that. But yeah, on, on a local board, on a water board, five hundred bucks can make a difference. On on a school yep. board, five thousand, depending upon the size of the district, five thousand to ten thousand makes a huge difference. So okay, so one, so that was the concept. We just really wanted to beat that into the ground. That hey, we're trying to get people elected. But what came along, you know, um, starting San Diego County Gun Owners, we had, uh, we had, uh, you know, a number of uh, a whole spectrum of, of feedback from from other organizations. You know, some of the national organizations didn't want anything to do with us, um, and some of them really embraced us. You know, most of just kind of said, "Hey, good luck, see you later." You know, do do your thing. You know, play your part on the field. We're going to do ours, and you know. Um, but Firearms Policy Coalition really stepped up and said, great, we're going we're gonna to do what we do really, really well. We want you guys to do what you do really, really well. And if there's an opportunity uh, for us to work together, we're going to do it. And it took a couple of years to figure out exactly how to work together effectively. At, but we did it. We figured it out. You oh, know? Yeah. So they organized the lawsuits, and then we helped them organize the lawsuits. Sometimes we do a little fundraising. They... They, they do the lion's share of the funding of the lawsuits uh, and organizing. But one thing we're really, really good at is making sure that they have plaintiffs. Right. You know, and making sure that they have amicus briefs. And making sure that, you know. So for the first time in U.S. history, uh, a, a lawsuit uh, a, 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 that was trying to strike down an assault weapons ban or, or that type of ban uh, had a victory was the Miller case. That was the first time in U.S. history that we had a victory. Well, like I said, you know, we're a winning team. So. Yep. So talk about, so how, what, what can you tell us about the, you being Miller? <laughs> yeah, that's me. What <laughs> What can you tell us about the, can you give us an update? or? or? Sure. So first of all, I want to thank all the other plaintiffs, right? I, my name just happened to come up first, I suppose, on the draw. So it comes to my name and, yeah. and I'm very proud to, to carry that banner. And, you are, and by the way, if you're a member of San Diego County Gun Owners, you're a plaintiff in the Miller case. You're, right, you're, you're in. making history because we're, we're San Diego County Gun Owners in general is a, is a, is a plaintiff. But we like to, we like to put a, a, uh, a person as the named plaintiff because that's a story. You're, you know, that's a real story. You know, you're a real person. You're a real respectable Pillar of society who serves on a school board, and and your rights are being violated. So we, you know, wanted to, we always put a name first. But anyway, go ahead. Oh, oh yeah, I mean the right. I mean the, the assault weapons definition affects me. You know, it, we had to put the block on on my on my uh, M4. It, we had to do a number of different things. Being on the school board helps. Being an attorney by trade, I think, helps. Being a longtime CCW holder helps. I, I'm I'm somewhat vetted, right, to be the plaintiff um, or one of the plaintiffs. So. I was proud to be able to sit on on the board and and be and take the shot as the plaintiff. Plus, your last name's Miller, so to be on the Miller case, it, it fit it just, perfectly. It worked right. out. I mean, they, they, it's like they wrote it up for me. Yeah. But um, no, the update on the case, and I was just talking to our lawyers the other day. So, as we all know, the Bruin case came down out of New York, right? Uh, Judge Benitez, or you know, Saint Benitez, decided to have the case rebriefed when it came back to his court after it came went got kicked back from the Ninth Circuit. And there were four rounds. There's been four rounds of briefing to go back and around, trying to, again, the state is trying to say there has been, in fact, a traditional restriction on firearms in the country. That's their position because under the Bruin case, that's what they have to prove in order to have an appropriate restriction on a constitutional issue. And some of those briefings, according to the council, are just, they're pretty far 
a stretch to try to make those two things come together. But now that the briefing rounds are done, we expect a decision um, on the most recent concept here. Quick. Anytime. Anytime. It could be. It could be this week. It could be within 30 days. And I think it, it's fair to say that it, a 30 to 60 day window is not unreasonable. I think it come down. And once that happens, all right. I, I fairly believe that given the comments from the bench, we're going to win again. We should win again. There's no reason why we shouldn't. The law got better for us, and we have already won on the old law on the old uh, establishment. So then we go and, up to and, the ninth and, circuit. And his uh, Benitez, the decision, his first decision, which was favorable, absolutely was. I mean, it was almost cut and paste with, with the Bruin decision. Oh yeah. And I don't think that was an accident. Not at all. And keep in mind that. We then went to the Ninth Circuit, and we won at the Ninth Circuit when, when the state challenged us. We didn't lose at the Ninth Circuit until there was a full in-bank panel. Right. And then when it comes back to Benitez's court here in, in, in the trial level, now we have Bruin to, again, support where we need to go with it. So Bruin helps us just as we somewhat, in theory, could have helped Bruin by way of the, the briefing and the arguments. Um, so now we're, we're, we're good to go. Bobby Bonta and uh, – and, and Gavin Newsom should be very, very worried about how this is going to turn out. And I can't wait till the next press conference. I always like it when they say my name. <laughs> you know, they say we say in athletics, make them say your name. Well, Gavin Newsom says my name every now and again. So I said an image of you watching, watching the press conference, going, "Say my name, say it, say oh, my yeah. name." Hundred <laughs> percent, buddy. Hundred percent. It's not his so, fault anyway. <laughs> right. So what? Uh, I mean, I. I think this is going to – basically, I think we're going to have to uh, – or we'll be able to get rid of all the stupid stuff we got to do to our, our, our semi-automatic rifles. I, I don't think we're going to have to do no. fins anymore. We're not going to have to do the juggernaut thing. And all this juggernaut stuff's going to go fins, away. I mean, the whole, the whole nonsense, the, the pinning of magazines, however you've been working around the, the issue. And then, of course, we have the Duncan case, right? So yeah. we'll get our, our, our standard 30-round capacity magazines. For those that didn't buy them during Freedom Week, we'll be able to start using those as well. And you, you didn't even hesitate. When we were when, you know, approached and said, hey, we're looking for plaintiffs, there was zero hesitation. You said, yeah, let's jump on this. No, I was pretty much as fast as I could say yes, I was in. But you weren't worried about – there was none of this, well, gee, i, I got to get reelected. I'm on a school board. And you guys, listeners, you would be shocked – the toughest, loudest, supposed pro-Second Amendment people, when I'm talking to them one-on-one, their feet are so cold. You know, oh, eh, him, huh? They got all kinds of excuses. Not Jim. Jim had was like, yeah, let's do this yesterday, right now, get it done. And I was happy to do it. I mean, but that comes from my background, right? I'm, I'm used to having people disagree with me, and let's jump in and make it happen. Yeah, and you do an excellent, excellent job. All right, folks, this is Gun Owners Radio FM 96.1. AM 1170, The Answer. Hi, folks. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio FM 96.1, AM 1170. The Answer. Hey, a lot of companies waste an enormous amount of money on marketing. The design is excellent, the photos are beautiful, and your website looks great. But it's not getting customers. Why? Because you don't have the words that make people buy. But now you can fix that with Sage Street. Sage Street can help you find the words 
that make it easy for your customers to understand what you do and how to buy from you. Stop wasting money today and schedule a call. Getting started is super easy. Visit SageTree.com and click on the Schedule Appointment button. That's SageTree.com and click on the Schedule a Call button. Dave, you know my, my new obsession with watches? What's, it's, I already and seen you nailed yeah, that's. Did you see it? You yeah. see what's on his wrist? It's a Timex. He's an Omega Man. It's a Timex. It's not a Timex. It's not a Timex, <laughs> Dave. It's a decal. It's, All right. it's a fancy Timex. <clears throat> yeah. It's a decal. There we go. So we're talking to Jim Miller, founding board member of San Diego County Governors. Of course, uh, the Miller assault weapons ban case that we're going to win and, and mop the floor with, uh, with uh, Gavin Newsom's uh, shiny hair. So um, <laughs> let's talk about your one of the thi- so you're on a school board. I think I just think that's absolutely. I can't tell you. I mean, I think you know, ten years ago when I'm hanging out with all the you know other Second Amendment advocates, and you know, I, I, it's like a dream case. Like, oh, we should file a lawsuit. And you know, who should, the main guy should be like a school board member. Wouldn't that be great? You know what I mean? Perfect, here, right. here it is. You know. Yep. Um, so talk about the school board. What inspired you? You've been involved. You've been very involved. Not just like, hey, I watch Fox News and complain. Like, you're involved in politics and have been for a while. Um, what inspired you to run for school board? And what district? Uh, so it's Cajon Valley Union oh. School District. Uh, El Cajon, Rancho San Diego. We have 16,000 kids, 27 schools. We're the largest employer in the East County. We have over 2,300 employees. Um, avant-garde as far as our superintendent exceptionally intelligent individual. Before I came on, we hired him. Uh, you know, COVID hit, we had the blip. Every kid in our school district was already working off of technology, take-home Chromebooks. Mm-hmm. So if you're a third grade or above, you already knew how to work off of a playlist that your teacher had given you. And then from kindergarten through second grade, we just had to give you Chromebooks, and we were off and running. You know, there were other districts that didn't have that capability. Even those that had technology weren't taking them home. That's a very big difference when you're allowing a kid to take an iPad home or, in our case, a Chromebook. So David Miraschero, uh, who is our superintendent, was well ahead of that curve as long as he was planning for COVID. And then we were the largest public school district in the state of California that stayed open during COVID with the waiver system. So March 16th, the world set, uh, shut down. We went into spring break. Uh, we had a meeting. The only uh, hotel that would allow us to have a meeting of 200 people was the Marriott down Coronado. We had a three-day meeting with our presidents of our teachers union, presidents of our classified union, their representatives, all of our admin staff, all of our top admins, and some consultants who came in. Like, How can we make this happen? How can we keep schools open? Because in the East County, I'd like to say that the East County is still America, right? So we still want to get things done appropriately. Um, And we came up with a plan. And that plan at that point in time, because the state had us locked down, was obviously a, a... a distance learning plan, mm-hmm. but we opened our entire facilities, every facility we could for essential worker daycare, which the state had obligated to school districts, but other school districts didn't do. So if you were a firefighter, you were a police officer, you were a nurse, you were in the medical field, even if your kid didn't go to Cajon Valley schools, they could come to our daycare and be educated because they could t- take part with mm-hmm. our technology and what our, our learning lists were at that time. Mm-hmm. Three meals a day. We had drive through meals at all of our sites, three meals a day. Whether you were in our district or not, if you looked like you were under 18 years old, you're you getting a meal, meal from us. Exactly. So you did a great job with COVID. I really do think that, that COVID in general, I, there are so few elected officials who are, who are serving 
during COVID who I think should be reelected. I mean, so few. There were so many um, that did absolutely nothing or were counterproductive during COVID. And here, you're definitely one of the people that that proved uh, your metal. Oh, Mike, it, it, it drives me absolutely nuts because when it comes to this, the education of students, they talk about this learning loss, right? These kids that they didn't get socialized. They had this learning loss. Um, they couldn't play sports. That was another thing that I was able to put back together with, with, a, with a coalition mm-hmm. of people to put sports back for our kids, countywide, by the way, for that one. But learning loss doesn't happen unless you just sit on your hands. And, so, and we didn't. At Cajon Valley, we, we, we led that fight, and we got kids back in school. And then one last thing I'm going to sure. make, make this point is that summer, you couldn't have summer school, right? Schools were shut down. But you could have camps. Right, the state said you could have camps. So what did we do at Cajon Valley? They just had a big old camp. <laughs> it, summer school became Camp yeah. Cajon, and we had six thousand kids on campus as a proof of concept that if we used the funds received from the federal government and we did our distance spacing and we did our PPE and everything else, we had one transmission to COVID, one out of six thousand kids in two and a half months. Right. See now, I let's let me just point something out, Dave. So I'm sitting there talking to Jim about how mad I am at government officials, and he is still focused on kids. You know, hey, he's still saying, hey, you know what? I wanted to make sure the kids can learn. I wanted to make sure they didn't fall behind. Here I am. I'm just mad. Yeah. You know, and well, Jim's still like, you know what? You have two he, choices. His focus is kids. Get mad or get the job done. There Absolutely. That's and what Jim especially did. with government, it's more. It's I think it's more fun to figure out how to get around their stupidity oh yeah work the problem and, and that comes to, you we, you asked me in the first session how does a second amendment guy work on a government board how many times in the second amendment do we have to work around the stupid laws that the state of california has put right. on us and it, sure. it we get around them all the time right you just have to be a little bit creative and you have to have people though around you that are willing to do so so david mirashiro our cabinet and again i I have nothing but positive things to say about even the union leadership in our district that we all came together and we pushed in the same direction. And when you push in the same direction and you don't care about who gets the credit, things get done. Things Can get you done. fix a Padre game? Padres. So, uh, you know, I, my background is a, is a professional sports agent. You I may have some, I may have some concepts on that. You could actually. do that. So, so let's talk about those. So as a Second Amendment <laughs> advocate, one of the other important things uh, that, of course, affects a school that, that has a lot of overlapping circles with Second Amendment advocacy is security. Talk about the enormous – because you guys were leaders in COVID. Yep. You guys are also enormous leaders when it comes to security. Absolutely. So we uh, – I was on the plane. We, I was at, at a conference. We were lecturing and presenting at a conference four years ago in Florida. I got on the plane just as Parkland happened, mm-hmm. the Parkland shooting happened. Um, when I got elected, I had already talked about moving forward with our safety and security protocols – what do we need to do? How do we re- need to revamp this? Because in the East County, we have had two high school shootings that are fairly well known, the Santana shooting and the Grand Hill shooting. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, this was back in the 90s. And I will, again, for those of you on the radio, I will remind you that despite the media hype from the left, your students are safer in school today per capita than in the 1990s. Absolutely. People do not understand the, the way that statistic breaks down. It's just because the media cycle, social media in particular, can put what's happening on your Facebook page, on your Twitter page right now, mm-hmm. does not mean that it's more than right. it traditionally is. You're actually safer today. So what happens, we come back from uh, Florida, the Parkland shooting happens. We're already in process. Luckily, because I'm on the board, and I'm on the board with some very specialized understanding people in the Second Amendment world, in the defensive uh, combat and, def- and defensive handgun world, 
former military, and I reached out to Mike. I said, Mike, who's on, who's on a board that can really give us a tutorial on how to keep kids safe? Yeah. And we reached out to uh, some other school districts and said, who have you used? And between those two backgrounds, we pulled one from our own to train not just teachers and staff, but students. That was an element that no other school mm-hmm. district had ever done is – how do you, it's not just duck and cover 1982 because you're worried about the nuclear bomb going off. I didn't realize that the desk was actually a nuclear bomb shelter, by the way, <laughs> yeah, when I was 12. But, um, but nonetheless, training the students as to how to act, where to go. And then we brought on a gentleman named Ryan Love, former San Diego Sheriff, Elkhorn PD, uh, district attorney investigator, to become our head of safety and security, which we didn't have that position. And Ryan's relationships with our law enforcement community sheriffs in El Cajon PD who keep our kids safe, phenomenal. Uh, we then went on the barnstorming tour, uh, barnstorming tour, pardon me, and spoke at all six of our middle schools to the community about what we were doing and how we were doing it. So we went from a facilities look to a personnel look. Facilities, as an example, you know, you want to save money when you're a government agency, or you should, right? So you put these lights on that if you walk in and walk out of a room, the light turns on and off. Well, if you're in a lockdown situation and there's an active shooter and you move and the light turns back on, that's yeah. bad, oh, wow. right? Nobody thinks about that. But that was something that we came up with like, wow, we didn't – that was just next-level concept. Finding the safe wall. Which teacher, where's your safe wall? Well, people think that we want to be as far away from the front door as is possible, right? Because, it, you know, if somebody starts shooting, well, that's not, that's not true, and I'm not going to tell anybody who the safe wall is unless yeah, you've been trained. That. So – we work through all of those. So we now work, we work off of what's called the Alice program. Um, most people know, you know, fight, was it fight, run, flight? Run, 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 hide, fight. Run, hide, fight. We don't do that. Not anymore. No, because a lot of the problem is you can't, unless you're trained, the fight component mm-hmm. is not going to ever materialize. Right. And that's a lot of people to train on that concept, especially teachers and, and personnel staff, so we don't do that. So we use the ALICE protocol. I'm not going to go through that. It's going to take way too long. We don't have enough time on the rest of the show. But it is, a, it is a next step level program on how we, again, train our staff and train our kids. So if you're a substitute teacher and you're at one of our elementary schools, and then you're going to be a substitute teacher on one of our middle schools, and you're going to be a substitute teacher at another school, mm. the program's are all same, same. Same protocol. Exactly. The protocols so are completely and and I don't think people realize, you know, what's your what's your budget? I mean, three hundred million dollars. Three hundred million dollars. Yeah, we you do not want to put somebody on a school. I'm just going to make this advocate statement because I know that there's a lot of people that want to run for school boards and want to run for water boards, want to do other things in the government, and you should. At the same point in time, understand the concept. You are running a budget in my district of almost three hundred million dollars, right? If you have, if you're not in business, if you have not operated that way, if you don't understand contracts, I'm not saying you have to be a lawyer. I mean, I, I have that background. I'm lucky. I have an undergraduate degree from San Diego State in finance. I'm lucky. I, I worked for Wells Fargo Bank, which I think Mike did as yeah. well at one point, you know, going through law school. I have some background that helps in this area, but understand what you're getting involved with. When people say you overspend because you spent $5,000 on, on food for your staff and your budget's $300 million, no, $5,000 for a staff of you know several hundred, depending on circumstances, is actually a reasonable circumstance. Mm-hmm. At the same point in time, you turn around, you look at San Diego Unified's budget. I looked at that because I was on, on another news set today about them. Almost $2 billion is their budget. It's enormous. $2 billion. Well, because it's but, not but, their money. 
But exactly. So they just run through it like it's crazy. But three hundred million. I mean, just to get, I, I think that's like a bigger. I think that's bigger than like the city of Santee. Oh yeah, it was big. It's bigger than the city of Santee and the city of El Cajon combined. I said we're the largest employer. In so a lot of people, I, I think that you know, school boards get overlooked. And, they do. And you just kind of like whatever. We'll just you know the head of the PTA or whoever, like you know, just whatever. You guys are dealing with a much bigger budget than than you know, like I said, the mayor of Santee and the mayor of El Cajon combined. You right, have the huge. right people in the right place. You got to be a businessman or a woman. It helps. You got to understand finance, right. and you got to be proactive, not reactive. Very true. I mean, look at what we do, right? What What do we do on a school board? One, we are educating kids. We're keeping them safe. Right. However, but on the business side of the school board, right? Business side, curriculum. Right, so you should be educated about how, how do you do curriculum. I've written our PE curriculum. I've written history curriculum and our civics curriculum. I've, I've actually helped physically do those things, which All right. I'm All very right. excited we about. We just got to get him his own radio. Exactly. So the safety <laughs> thing, but one more thing before we, before we go to break. No, go ahead. The, the, the security thing. Yes, very do, important. Do you think – And we're redoing that right now, by the way. Do you think that somebody from the Brady organization would have done as good a job – you know what I'm saying? Oh no, they would have. They would have said, "Everybody, run and hide." Yeah, well, yeah, let's have a resolution to ban yeah. guns. Or yeah, whatever, if, if, you know. and, and there's another thing: they would have been political about it instead of active right. about it. And you're up for re-election next year, right? Yeah, 2024, one more term. Do you have? Right, a, you already uh, voted in. Do you have a? Uh, do you have a website or anything up yet, or not yet? Yeah, the website I think is still stayed up from the last one. I think it's a Miller for Cajon Valley School Board, or maybe my daughter who's sitting in the background can look at that on her smartphone okay. and tell me where we're at with it. All right, well, hang out because we're going to have him ask the question. I don't think we need to do any more commercials. <laughs> He's got his own show. <laughs> right here on Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1178. The Answer. AM 1178. The Answer. Hey, guess what? Gun prom tickets are still on sale. You better hurry. Join San Diego County gun owners and the rest of the Second Amendment community at the town and country in Mission Valley. Get your fancy suits and dresses ready and join our like-minded people that believe in the right to self-defense. Second Amendment dinner is coming up on September 16th. Get your tickets now and reserve your spot for a night with great people, great food, drinks, for all a great cause. Go to gunprom.com. Get your tickets now. Buy a table, bring a friend or family. That's gunprom.com and buy your tickets today. All right, it's time for everybody's favorite segment, Stump My Nephew. Years ago, we found out that my young, talented, handsome nephew um, is really good at gun trivia. So we started asking people to write in and send us your questions. And we, we he doesn't get to see the questions prior. And if you stump... My nephew, you will get a uh, a very cool prize. I think I think uh, this week we're going to give away some gun prom tickets. Um, oh, but if you just if you just write in, and we use your question on the radio, of course we'll give you a hat or a shirt, whatever whatever you like there. Sam, you there? Yeah. How are you guys? Good man. How are you? Not bad. All right. Good to hear. Okay. So uh, we have a special guest that's going to read you your question. You've heard of the you know the assault weapons uh, case that we're a part of the Miller case. Oh, yeah, everyone's heard about that. Well, Jim Miller of Miller fame is uh, is going to read you your question. Are we ready for oh, this? 
Yeah, that's uh, that's really special. I, I didn't know you had the actual Miller on the show. That That's, that's right. uh, very cool. It's Miller time. A little stress. There we go. All right, here's our question on the Stump My Nephew. What was the first sporting cartridge loaded exclusively with smokeless powder? What was the first sport? Well, first off, who wrote that in? I read up about it. Brett from San Diego. Brett from San Diego, thanks very much for writing in. What was the first sporting cartridge loaded exclusively with smokeless powder? Um, this one is fairly easy, so I'm going to work my way up to it because it's it's one of those ones where either you know it or you don't. Um, for those of you who don't know, smokeless powder is very, very different in formulation from black powder. Black powder is, is comparatively easy to make. It's been around since... Uh, more than a thousand years ago, as far as I'm aware. Um, black powder just consists of, of only three ingredients, um, potassium nitrate, charcoal, and sulfur. So it's, it's consequently, it's very easy to make. But smokeless powder requires a lot more advanced chemistry, and it didn't come around until the 1880s. Uh, the, the desirable characteristics it provides are its burn rate increases dramatically with pressure, uh, which makes it work better with shorter barrels. Um, and of course the fact that it's smokeless gives a huge advantage in military, uh, uses, but the first time it came around, uh, into civilian hands, exclusively civilian cartridges was with the 3030 Winchester. How about that, Jim? That was pretty, that was amazing. That's my nephew. See how we're not impressed? No. That's my nephew. (laughs) He's like seven years old or something. I don't know. No, he's been like that since he was seven. (laughs) Release. uh, Go ahead. It's 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 a really fascinating intersection between um, the the area we study firearms, firearms history, um, and a uh, sort of mainstream science that everyone knows about chemistry. Um, it's uh, and and also with with broader military history as a whole, because the advent of smokeless powder had serious ramifications for the way entire wars were fought. The machine gun could not exist without smokeless powder because it produces so much less fouling. Hiram Maxim tried to invent a machine gun before it, but it didn't really work properly. So it was only after smokeless powder that that could happen. Look at this guy. Wow. I know, right? Uh, released in 1895. I'm going to read the, the answer, but I don't even know if I you need go to. For it. Released in go 1895, for just a year after the popular 1894 Winchester level uh, lever gun was introduced. The 3030 Winchester was the first sporting cartridge loaded exclusively with smokeless powder. The original 3030 Winchester load had a 160 grain round nosed bullet, leaving the muzzle at 1,970 feet per second, a substantial step up from other popular cartridges of the time, like the 3240 Winchester. The cartridge's speed and power, combined with the lever action's uh, capacity and quickness, made it an instant hit as a deer cartridge. Before long, it became a go-to choice for deer hunters. There you go, man. Excellent job. Excellent lecture, as always, combining uh, firearms with history and, and 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 the subject that everybody knows about chemistry. I like how he said that. Right. Well, you know, everybody knows about chemistry. Like, well, why wouldn't you? Yeah, I know about chemistry. <laughs> I also like how Sam was, like, starstruck by Jim today. I thought that was super cute. <laughs> Sam, do you want to say anything I get to Mr. Miller? And, you know, I mean, are you a big fan of his or something? Or Silence. <clears throat> 
Hello? Where'd yeah. you go, Sam? That was like me in chemistry. That's That was my nephew. She wanted to know. She was. She just liked the fact that you were impressed that, that Miller's here. Do you, anything to say to Jim at all about his case at all? Um, no. I, I mean, uh, I, I guess everything everything that's out there in, in the news and the, the firearms news has, has already covered it. I don't have any specific questions, but uh, all I can say is, is kudos to you. With a lot of these cases, someone's got to be the plaintiff. Someone's got to be the one who... Uh, makes an issue about it, or else nothing gets done. And um, I'm I'm very proud that people are are standing up to do something about it, especially in California. Glad to do it. Excellent. Um, your blog. The other thing that uh, Sam does for us, he writes about a blog a week for us. So do you, you have a, a blog up this week? Um, I don't have a blog post up this week, um, but I will have one up. Uh, well, bright and early for you guys tomorrow. Okay, uh, excellent. Three give us times what's behind me. Will you give us a preview? What's what's the subject? Um, no, this one this one's actually late breaking. It has to do with, with very uh, current news, so I don't I don't want to give away okay. too much. All right, That's okay, what's... perfect. All right, well, great, Sam. Excellent job as always, my friend. Thank you for uh, um, knocking it out of the park. I'm going to get a text from your mom here in about 20 minutes, gloating. So I look forward to that every time you get one right. <laughs> so congratulations. Well, as always, thanks very much for having me on. Yeah, thanks, buddy. What do you think, man? What do you think of my nephew? Oh, I mean, if if there was a way to gamble on that and be in Vegas, he's, he'd be my rain man right there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, he's like the rain man of firearms trivia. <laughs> awesome. Yes, he's a good dude. He's a really good dude. His articles, uh, he does a fantastic job. Between him and Joe Jamisi, we have found uh, you know, some of the best Second Amendment uh, content authors um, on the Internet. They do just such a fantastic job. So and he works at a gun store, if you well, can imagine. Not anymore. That, that would make sense. Like, not anymore. No. Oh, it, was just kind of, it was just kind of a side gig for him. He's finishing up college. Oh, He's finishing college. up college, yeah. But he does fly a pan- plane. Excuse me. Yeah, he flies. He, he, does, he flies planes. He also actually uh, the other thing he's doing is he's actually uh, making some money off of off of some of his uh, writing. Um, John Petrolino has introduced him to a couple folks. Oh, fine. So his okay. exposure from writing for us has gotten him a couple of pages. Until they cakes. find out how old he is. <laughs> Leatherneck Magazine. He's done some really great articles for Leatherneck Magazine. So yeah, yeah he's a good dude. Yeah, yeah he's really. So, Jim, anything else? What, what else would you like people to uh, – any any other message you want to get out to the legions of people listening to us? Today? Yeah, or anything you need them to do to help you. Well, when, when it comes down to, uh, obviously, any sort of vote in a grassroots type of situation, we're talking about a, an area of Rancho San Diego. I'm in Area 5 out of the Cone Valley District because years ago we went to areas instead of district-wide right. voting. Uh, the website is up. Again, it's not updated since the last election, but it's millerforschoolboard.com, and we'll be adding content to that once the full, full-blown full kind of election. Is Alpine in your region. area? Alpine is not in our area. It's just outside of Cajon Valley. Yeah. But we do have a ton of kids from Alpine that come into, especially at, at Blossom Valley and, right. and uh, LCC, our middle school. Well, see, there. now here, here. you explained why our restaurants went crazy during COVID. Because we didn't abide by anything. Right. But all you doorknobs kept coming up from El Cajon Valley and coming to our restaurants. There you go. There you I go. mean, parking parking lots right. were full. I mean, it's terrible. So let me ask you, if give somebody, we got about 38 more seconds here. What advice would you give to someone? Uh, they have a daughter, and they want that daughter to be a crack shot. How would you, how uh, do you raise a, a superstar shooter? 
of a daughter. Well, I think the first concept in, in my daughter, who's in the, in the radio room with us here, is fantastic. She's an amazing shooter. Um, first, it starts off with gun safety. It starts off with a BB gun. It starts off then with a twenty two. Um, she went straight to a, a Walther P-22, so she got used to an automatic handgun and how to function with an automatic handgun. Then we went to uh, AR-1522 uh, by Smith & Wesson so she could work on the AR platform. And now she can pretty much uh, rock and roll with yeah. anything. Anything you put in her hand, she's amazing. She she's been like, a James Bond She's fan. like Jane Wick. Oh, if you want to put a Glock 19 in her hand, yeah, you, look out. <laughs> yeah, the girl can run. All right, folks. Hey, Jim, thank you very much for coming in. It was an awesome show. Appreciate you coming on. Subscribe to all our uh, to our, all our shows. Give us a five-star review. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, San Diego County Gun Owners, Orange County Gun Owners, Inland Empire Gun Owners, the Dillon Law Group, Sage Tree, the San Diego Flight Training Association, and our newest sponsor, Gold Co. Big shout-out to Alicia Curtin, Michael Schwartz, Sam the Gunman, Matthew Dominguez, and... The girl from Not Me SD. We all know who she is. And Brendan Thomas. Thanks for everybody listening. Stay tuned. Uh, Bob Siegel's coming on. And check all your podcasts if you missed any of the show. And always be safe and go to Gun Prom right here on AM 1170. The answer.